1: We wake up every day saying, how can we make this show better than the day before? Because we're lead pipe-wielding professionals. This is the Rich Eisen Show.
2: Show. The MVP race is over.
1: Live from the Rich Eisen Show studio in Los Angeles. As you know, I'm a Jokic guy. I'm a big Giannis fan, as you know. I gotta tell you, Joel Embiid deserves to be the MVP. VP of the NBA earlier on the show host of Peacock's pro football talk Mike Florio still to come from the new film Sweetwater actor Everett Osborne UConn head coach Dan Hurley and now Mr.
3: Rich Eisen. Hour number three
1: of the Rich Eisen show is on the air. 844-204-RICH is the number to dial. And Dan Hurley of UConn about to call into this program. Also in this hour, Everett Osborne, the actor in the new film Sweetwater, that's going to be available next week based on Sweetwater Clifton, one of the first African-Americans to suit it up in the NBA, formerly of the Harlem Globetrotters as well, played for the Knicks back in the day. Um, Everett plays Sweetwater and he's coming into our studio in about, uh, 15 some odd minutes time. It'll be a fun conversation with him. Mike Florio joined us in hour number two to tell us, uh, everything that he knows about Mac Jones being put on the block by the Patriots. No trade was happening. I guess, Chris, does it make you feel any better that, um, that, that, uh, it, it, it wasn't according to Mike Recently? happening that it was before Derek Carr and Jimmy Garoppolo made all their moves or to give you any sense of like you could have swapped out Mac for Jimmy G swapped out Mac for Derek Carr if that had happened I I was I was interested in Derek Carr but so I mean the fact that that Bill might have explored that you got to give it up to him don't you think makes it seem like he hasn't lost a step if something like that happens right
0: well, as he told me earlier, oh boy, uh, you just look back to the last twenty-five years.
1: Oh so my word, this I've been, guy that's what over I've been there. Doing. Well, let's uh, just let's just focus on uh, championships on the border of New England or in New England. How does that sound?
0: Sure, I'll, I'll take that. Let's do that. <laughs> uh, thrilled
1: to have here on the Rich Eisen Show the head coach of the national champion Yukon men's basketball team. He is none other than Dan Hurley, kind enough to call into the Rich Eisen Show. Just mere days after it all going down against San Diego State in Houston. How are you, Coach?
3: Rich, I'm good, man. Uh pleasure to be on the you, man. Thank you. I right back some, at you. Uh,
1: sounds like you're, you're yeah, you got some... you still need a you know, uh, your your throat's still you tournament still tournament tested. It sounds like your voice, coach. You know?
3: Still hoarse. Yeah, yeah, yes, yeah, definitely definitely still hoarse. Uh, but uh you know the the boys played at such a high level that uh yeah, I, I I didn't have to really work that hard.
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh, that is fantastic. Uh where's the net that you cut down right now? Where does that net reside, coach? Where is that?
3: You know, the, the, I don't know and I uh the turnaround from Vegas to Houston was so quick that I think I might have mixed up the nets from uh from the West region and the Natty. So <laughs> I'm going to have to get, like, swabs and, like, DNA tests on that and try to figure out which one goes with which one.
1: Be careful doing a DNA test with anything from Las Vegas, Coach, but you knew that already.
3: You... <laughs> you just be careful. <laughs>
1: just be careful on that front. But uh, So um, let me ask you this. Um, when was the first time you laid eyes on Adama Sanogo?
3: What was that? Mm. Yeah, so I, I took a um, – he was an underclassman. You know, he 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 reclassified up like like a lot of or like some top players are doing. Um, so I went and saw him as a junior. This was right before COVID, maybe about a, a you know just a, maybe six weeks before. So I got a chance to see him live and in person uh, play in the you know in the Philadelphia area. And I mean, the guy was just a physical specimen. And um, and then during that that COVID, he actually. Um, you know, reclassed up, you know, at, at the end of that school year and was enrolling as a freshman. So, you know, his recruitment got sped up um, to just like a 10 days' worth of Zooms. He was about to pick another school. Uh, you know, we, we kind of weathered the storm, talked him out of it, and the rest, as I say.
1: Is no doubt history. and It just, he seems to have an uncanny knack for not just finding the basketball, but creating the opportunity to receive it. He he, he is, I mm-hmm. mean, when he seals, you're not breaking that seal, Coach,
3: period. It's- yeah, no, he's a, he's a, that that's a strong man, and his, uh, you know, the guy's just like, uh, got an unbelievable competitive will, and he's got an incredible off-the-chart work ethic, and yeah, it's just, uh, very advanced in terms of how he processes the game. Uh, being a, a guy that's only played basketball, you know, he's got that typical, you know, background that, that some of, you know, guy from Mali or Nigeria where, you know, he was a soccer goalie, um, had basically been playing basketball for five years, um, up to this final four. But, you know, he has like that rare ability to, uh, to play offense at a high level um just because uh you know the guy has just got an incredible uh incredible feel for sports and when did you get the
1: sense that this could be it this is the team for you and for the school and for them when did that first
3: not during yeah not during the summer because i thought we were bad in the summer i was nervous uh we would sometimes have uh you know, like you get out of a summer practice, you go into a coach's locker room. I think I heard associate head coach Kamani Young uh, you know, talking to, you know, the great Luke Murray and asking him if, if he thought we'd be in Dayton uh, for the play-in. Uh, I heard them saying that, and that didn't do much for my confidence during summer practices. But um, we got to a, a close scrimmage with Virginia. We knew Virginia was going to be really good. Um Andre Jackson was hurt. He missed the scrimmage. And we still played them to like a one possession game. Uh, Jordan Hawkins dropped 30. Sunogo had like 24 and 12. And I knew once we got Andre back that we were going to have a squad.
1: Dan Hurley here uh, on the Rich Eisen Show, UConn head basketball coach, fresh off of beating San Diego State and the rest of the tournament field to win it all. Fifth championship for this school. The fact that this is now being discussed you know, you are UConn is now on the same numerical conversation, Indiana, the same number of basketball championships as Duke. What does that mean, do you think, Coach?
3: Yeah, the, it it's uh you know, Gino and 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 Coach Calhoun, you know, what what they build here from a basketball standpoint, um, you know, it's truly they call this place you know, the the basketball capital of the world. Um you know, and it obviously what's what goes on what's gone on in terms of success championships and the iconic players, men's and women's, um it's created a brand in, in, in college basketball that uh is second to none and you know that should, you know, qualify it uh for blue uh for blue blood status if that I don't know who yeah, who, who decides that? Is there a <laughs> panel of sports writers? I don't know. Like who, who came up with that? I don't know who who's in charge. But um, yeah, and those guys. I mean, they built this incredible brand in the university. You know, and then when the Whalers left, uh, mm-hmm. obviously, you know, the, the Huskies mean everything to the state of Connecticut. But we're the we the professional uh, sports franchise of the state.
1: Let's talk about you a little bit, if you don't mind, Coach Dan Hurley. Um, The fact that your family was there, your dad was there, P.J. Carlissimo was there. It kind of – did you look around as you're cutting down a net, (laughs) seeing your college coach, seeing your your brother, your family, your dad? I mean, it had to be like a dream for you, you know?
3: Yeah, it was. Yeah, it was surreal. The whole thing was surreal. I always feel like – You know, like at Rhode Island, I had 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 some excellent teams late in in my time there. And, Mm -hmm. you know, I think in in year five, we had a great team that, you know, there was a great Oregon team with Dylan Brooks that were up five with with two minutes to go in that game. And, you know, to get to a sweet 16s and, and, you know, we kind of, you know, we, we blew it a little bit. You know, and as a player, I had a lot of moments in my career, which I thought, you know we're gonna be truly breakthrough moments and uh, as a player, I always you know seemed to come up a little bit short it was uh it was a surreal feeling to me um just with everything I've experienced in basketball um you know, really Rich, that it was going so well you know I was waiting for it to turn to you know to to you know what at some different points um but I had tremendous people around me on the journey it was like. You know, to have my brother and, obviously, my wife, uh, Andrea, and my two boys, and mm-hmm. the one that's on the team that got in every game. So that, that now I'm good at home for a while, you know. Uh yeah. <laughs> <my> dad, <laughs> you know, if that don't make her happy as a Jersey girl, I mean, she's dead, then I don't know what will. Um, PJ, I mean, it was surreal, uh, the whole experience and, and getting to the top of the mountain with all those all these important people in my life around
1: Yeah, I mean, I, I didn't even bring up the fact that it was your son, Andrew, who dribbled out the clock, too. I mean, come on. You can't make yeah. it up. Yeah. This cannot be made up. And he,
3: yeah, and, and he buried me um, in, in a couple of the other games. Like he, I didn't think he was very good against Gonzaga. Uh, I think he committed a foul. He missed the block out, and then he turned the ball over. And then and then he turned the ball over versus Miami when I told him to break the count because the ref was counting. Yeah. So he picked up back-to-back turnovers in his last two appearances with, <laughs> I believe, two fouls. So he heard our analytics. He heard a lot of our overall numbers as a team.
1: Well, Again. he was just saving his best for the actual, <laughs> you know, net cutting for the whole tournament, Coach. You know, he was just yeah. – he was focused on the task at hand on that one. No no question about that. And, look, I'll, I'll, by the way, I'll, I'm from Staten Island. So, uh, anybody who's coached – Wag- Joe, Joe and Joe Pat. And Pat Joe and Come on. So, was, did you order from Joe and Pat's in the Wagner College uh, film session nights? Is that what you're uh, – up there yeah, in Grimes so there Hill?
3: Almost, it, yeah, it ate up most of our budget. That uh, – <laughs> Yeah, not the same resources. The Roadhouse, we had oh, that. Yeah. It was the, the right at the bottom of Grant Grime. so that was our go-to spot. Big closing dinner spot. the
1: yeah, okay. That's yeah. I mean, and, and again, uh, that's that's PJ's old haunt as well. I mean, uh, would you mind sharing what what conversation did you have with PJ Carlisimo, and 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 was it lost on you or him at all? That the head coach of San Diego State was an assistant of Steve Fisher's on the night in 1989, the same night, 34 years before. Dan, was that lost?
3: Yeah, yeah. I mean, we talked about that call, um, and uh, in the beginning of the tournament, and then, uh, and then it was brought to my attention, mm-hmm. and I, w- I didn't say anything to him about it, uh, but I was, I was thinking about it, and um, you know, it's like we both we. Uh, you know, I, I, we both had some tears in several of, like, the, the times we sat down and did, like, the radio interviews because, like, when I went to play for him, I was a mess. So, uh, you know, I, I wasn't I, – I should have been better for him. we had – my sophomore year, we had a team that was a two-seed in the NCAA tournament. We rolled through the Big East regular season. Mm-hmm. And uh, in conference tournament, we smoked Syracuse by, like, 35 in the Big East tournament finals, and we were rolling into the NCAA tournament. And, like, I know he needed more from me for us to be, like, better, like potential Final Four team and, and during that time. So by the end of the NCAA tournament, I was, like, sobbing and apologizing to him for being uh, a match when I was 20.
1: You you mean you you did that on Monday night? You told him that? Is yeah. that what you're saying?
3: No, no, Sunday? Sunday. Sunday.
1: So the day before the
3: media with the, yeah. really day before the uh, day before I'm playing for the national championship, I'm apologizing to my old college coach that that I, that I didn't live up to uh, what he needed from What did he say to that?
1: that. What do you say to that
3: they are like most people do, when they, somebody thinks you're crazy they just they they hug you and, and tell you no, no, go. <laughs> well, you, you go well you I felt you know and I wanted to get that off my chest because I think a lot has been like my career there wasn't what it shouldn't have been and, and uh you know to a to a degree I think a lot of that, even when you're so far removed from it, when you put so much into your career and something, it still haunts you. You know, when I see uh you know, when you relive parts of it and of things where you know you could have been better. Um you know. And now that I'm a coach, obviously I understand his perspective a lot better.
1: I was about to say, i I'd, I'd imagine those experiences, you know, <laughs> I could say, forget about your Hall of Fame high school coach or a father, but I mean, it, it, these experiences you personally went through, player and whatever struggles you you had and were going through, have, have has to have made you a better coach. I would assume. Yeah. Right. Yeah,
3: I think um, no doubt, no doubt. The the I mean, just the the pedigree in the household with uh, you know, my dad is uh, you know my dad is is, is great a basketball coach as As anyone in his generation at any level um and anyone that knows the game truly that has has spent any time around my dad on a basketball court you know, will tell you that um and then and then bob um you know so of, you know in everything that Bob did in basketball i mean I couldn't have had better pedigree and then you 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 know add into that um just dealing with a lot of adversity and being a lot more relatable to to all your players. The majority of your roster is gonna is gonna struggle during the course of the year and is gonna struggle in their career. I mean there's very few Adama Sinogos or or Jordan Hawkins mm-hmm. or you know or, or Andre Jack. Well actually you know what? I don't have too many guys to <laughs> on this team. But uh yeah, but you know, it makes you relatable, I think, uh, and in the best coaches, I think uh, just that they understand the minds and, and, and can really help those players that are going through you know, difficult times.
1: And uh I guess i mandated in my position to ask you about running it back. Do You think you're going to get all the kids back or or what are your what's your sense as we're sitting here in 72 hours after cutting down nuts, coach.
3: Yeah, I think uh I think that um I think that there's going to be definitely the potential for a couple guys to uh um, you know, to move on with their career. I mean, that they they've climbed the top of the mountain. It's rare in the relationship between player and coach. You know, where, where you both kind of uh, get what each other you know wants, right? Where they the players deliver you the championship, the team thing, and then they put themselves in the best possible position to to live their dreams. So it's like, I think uh, you know, to be it'll be a thrill to see these guys that end up making the move. Uh, you know, make that move. Um, and, and But we will be returning some some outstanding young players that you know, will potentially be high picks in next year's draft. Uh, we also bring in a recruiting class that is loaded. Um, this is by far the best class that, uh, that we've brought in, and it's not even close. Um, and then I'd imagine that uh, we're not going to have to, uh, you know, if there's some help that we need out of the portal. I, I don't think that We're going to have to beg uh, in the same way that we have maybe in in past cycles because UConn is back. UConn is back to putting guys in the NBA draft and and hanging banners.
1: Congratulations on that. Uh, Last one for you. Let's drop names. Who would you hear from? Who would you get a text from? You're like, oh, okay, that's pretty cool. Did you get one of those?
3: Well, yeah, I mean, uh, George Iskander. I mean, as a kid I grew up with in Jersey City, I hadn't seen him in – Oh my, maybe like thirty-five years. But then he went to every one of my postseason games. Like I hadn't seen him since I was to high school. He just grew up in Jersey City in my neighborhood, mm-hmm. and I'm like, all right, that's good juju. So I'm gonna put, I'm gonna get him on the ticket list. So there's some like strange ones like that. Mm-hmm. where I got reconnected with people I haven't seen in years. Um, uh, I don't know. Uh, I think Coach K. I still get like. Uh, Okay. You know, Coach K, Coach K. I'd say I still get a little, even though he coached Bob. I mean, that's like sure. You still, when you hear from him, you're like get out of tension. He's very, uh, <laughs> you know, he got a persona about him, and you know, he's got such grace and dignity, which I can't relate to uh, the way I act. You know, so I, I would say <laughs> that more. Yeah, I don't know. That's cool. I haven't looked. I can be honest. With you, I got 800 messages. Oh, and a lot of them, I haven't got back. Are you to
1: serious? Them. What was the number when you got back to your phone? What did it say on the green dot on it, your phone?
3: It, it, on it, got to, it got to the high nines. It wow. got to the high nines. I would never let it crack Crack a thousand, but I think I'm at like 800 messages right Fantastic. now. So I've got like, I got work to do. <laughs>
1: Well, I'm from Staten Island. You're Jersey City. I feel like we're neighbors. Um, so <laughs> we congratulations. There's, yeah, there's uh, what, uh, what uh, multiple bridges and, and tunnels connecting our worlds. Um, thanks again for the call. Greatly appreciate it. Congratulations. It was a blast watching it. You be well. Thanks, man. You got thanks, it. Totally you got it. Brother. You got Same right back at you. That's Dan Hurley right here on the Rich Eisen Show, fresh off of Yukon, beating San Diego State. How about that story, Mikey? He goes to PJ Carlissimo in tears saying, I'm sorry I wasn't good enough for it. good for you back in the 90s. He's getting coached. He's about yeah. to coach the national championship. He goes, PJ's there calling the game for yep. Westwood West One. 1. I love stories like that. Yeah. They they break your heart. And also, again, Dan Hurley may be a Yukon guy by way of Rhode Island. He coached at Wagner College, yep. high school basketball in New Jersey, where he's from. And you just heard I used to say it this way, too, when I started in my career, the NCAA tournament. Tournament. You heard him say that word, tournament? Tournament. Also, it had to be tough for him. You know, with Bobby's success. Yeah.
3: You Jay know, Billis yeah. mentioned that
1: on Tuesday yeah. when he called in. That's just, you're the younger brother. That's always just such big shoes to fill. And he, I mean, no offense, he just wasn't going to be Bobby Hurley. That's yeah. part of the reason yeah. why Jay re- referred to the difficult times that he had and why Dan was calling himself, quote, unquote, a mess. I mean, I was at Seton Hall when Danny came in. Yeah, ninety one is when he came in. That was my
3: third second or third year. And I remember because it was like Bobby, 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 Bobby. Danny came in and he wasn't like you know, he was average and everybody wanted him. They're like, Oh, where's the Bobby in Danny? And the father That can't
1: be easy, man. And it wasn't the kinda it's sad to have One of the many reasons why Serena's the greatest of all time.
2: Yeah, because think about that.
1: She I had remember when she shoes. showed up when I was on SportsCenter and she showed up. It was like, oh, this is Venus's younger sister. What's she going to do?
3: Right. <laughs> yeah. Change the game is what she's going to yeah. do.
1: Let's take a change <laughs> of changing the game. The man who plays Nat Sweetwater Clifton in the new film Sweetwater, Everett Osborne, is joining us here. Apparently he was at the Celebrity uh, NBA All-Star Game, hooping oh. it up. Let's talk with him when we come back. Everett Osborne here on the Rich Eisen Show just saw a clip of Sweetwater available in theaters near you about the brilliant Nat Clifton and his story helping break the color barrier in the NBA way back in the day. I can't believe this movie's this story's never been told in a movie before. You Everett. and me
2: both. You and me both, Rich. It's crazy because the director, shout out to him, yep. and the writer, Martin Giggy. he's had this for over 28 years. To think I was actually two years old mm-hmm. when he started doing his research. I mean, he grabbed the actual – Yellow pages, cold call. There was no Google. Yeah. So it's crazy that this story wasn't made at all, but it's the perfect time.
1: It is, it is the perfect time. It's a great story to be told. And how did you get associated with the project of playing Nat Clifton?
2: A dream. Couldn't even. I can't even strategically tell you how it happened. Okay. I just know, as the actor, come home, have a regular self-tape script that you have to do. Mm-hmm. So I print out the paper, I read it, and I'm like, wow, it's the story of the first African-American to sign an NBA contract. Yes and to change the game. So that's how my process worked. So I saw it, and, and initially I just went straight in and did my research and put in a self-tape at home, which is what we usually do. And then a week and a half later, I got a call to go to Warner Brothers and mm-hmm. do the audition in person. And also, to, to add to that, they wanted to see me not just the actor but the basketball player as well. So me and my uncle went to a gym, and I had to record me playing ball, just like Sweetwater back in that time, 1950s, yeah. and Chuck Taylor's doing all dunks. All shots, ten in a row, was me. No cuts, no edit. So I sent that over, and the acting side and the stars just aligned. Okay, now uh, I, I I'm going to pick this out of that
1: fascinating <laughs> story. Was it your choice to put on Chuck Taylor's, or mm-hmm. did they tell you you needed to put on Chuck Taylor's to to make this recording?
2: So great question. I Thank mean, you. To be honest, yeah, seriously, because I pretty much had like two and a half weeks to prepare for this role. Yes. So no choice. Every choice was informed by me. Um, for the character in the audition because I had to show up as Sweetwater, and I knew that. I knew that the the time frame was short, so everything I did was informed by me, and they loved it. The director said I walked in as I am, Mm quote-unquote, and uh, everybody was on the same accord. And you
1: do have a history of playing, though, yourself, though. Yeah. It's not like your first time, like, oh, let me just... No try and get get up to speed on playing basketball. I mm-hmm.
2: do have a history. I mean, I play professional in Australia, played division one in Texas, grew up here in, in Los Angeles, California, went to high school here. Mm-hmm. Um, so I've been playing ball my whole life. Which right? high school did you go? Palisades High School. Okay. Shout Very out good. to Palisades Dolphins. Shout out to Palisades. Spent a little time at El Segundo Eagles, so shout out to them. Well, this is your hometown. Then, exactly. That's right why I'm wearing the gold, you know. Oh, is um, that right? Yeah. Everything okay. is strategic. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> we don't play around here, man. Understood. Right? It has to be. So uh, and where in Texas did you play? Uh, Texas Rio Grande Valley. Okay. So it's McAllen, Texas. Actually, the only school that offered me at the time, and I went with it, and it was life-changing. I was the president of all student-athletes there. It was a crazy experience. Okay. I don't want to go down that rabbit hole, but it was a crazy, beautiful experience to show how basketball can change your world and environment. So I did have history, to answer your question, but it's interesting because I didn't have history playing in 1950. I didn't have history playing in the 40s and 30s, so I literally had to put my world aside and absorb a whole new world, a whole new style of play, Understanding of life in the game to truly take on the Sweetwater role, or else I would have been shortchanging the story and him. But for you to play the role of a guy who helped break a barrier to make
1: your entire journey to this role possible—not yeah. just as an actor, but also to have the realistic look
2: to your acting role—that yeah. had to blow your mind a little bit. Here, blew you know? my mind a lot. Blew my mind a lot. It was just crazy. I didn't even know who this guy was. Like. You know, and the beautiful thing about Sweetwater was he wasn't just the first to, to break the color barrier as a black man, right? It's what he brought to the game that really set him apart. I mean, he was innovative. The creativity, the style, the flair. The game saw nothing like that before, right? It was very boxed in. I mean, he played for the Harlem Globetrotters before. Mm-hmm. So he brought that game, that free, that freedom that we love watching today. He brought that to the league, and it was very disruptive, as all change is, right? So seeing what he did... And seeing the grace that came after him, the Dr. J's, Elgin Baylors, Connie Hawkins, Julius Irvins, Michael Jordan. And even Michael Jordan said, you know, there's no Michael Jordan without Sweetwater, you know? So to think, like you said, this creativity that we love came from this man, mm-hmm. and then I have the responsibility to now portray this role and to live in this truth was mind blowing to, to answer your question, man. as a complete honor.
1: Everett Osborne here on The Rich Eisen Show playing Sweetwater. And uh, you said you hadn't heard the story and prior to you sitting down you said had you asked me if i had heard the story yep. and i said yes i'm from new york and you had just heard in the green room my interview with dan hurley bringing up where i'm from in new york and go ahead say what you said to me Everett. it's okay go well,
2: ahead we're in a safe space okay safe space okay. yeah you're in a safe space okay, i believe right. it. i believe it all right uh, well you said you're from new york but I, I said i thought you said staten island oh my god so I felt a disconnect. Is there a disconnect, oh my, my man? God. Am I missing Fantastic. something, my man? We just became best friends. Yeah,
1: I cannot believe Dude, so true. my New York City credential. Being from Staten Island, the fifth and forgotten borough of Staten Island, is being questioned by somebody who's from the Palisades. Here okay, in Los well, States, well, okay. <laughs> I mean, not from the Palisades. Let's get this. Let's get this together. Li- but you don't like the way I just. Painted with a broad brush where you're from. You know right? what? You, you know didn't what? like that feeling,
2: did you? In this moment, yes. there's understanding, there's connection, there's truth. Yes. I embrace it. You know what? Staten Island is New York. <laughs> yes, it is. No, it no, is. No, no,
0: you, Everett, see, dig, dig your feet in.
2: In this moment. take a stand. Well, listen, you have to understand, right? You know, there's multiple truths in this world. You're right. He's right. In the I understand. I see both sides. The
1: disrespect coming from the same chair where Method Man once sat. When you said the same thing to him,
0: I did,
2: Mister wow. Staten Island himself. Shout out to Method Man. Yes, <laughs> we have great. We have Method Man. We have Rich Eisen. That's true. Like we have greats to lean on. That's right. And I'm grateful.
1: Thank you very much. That's my I, I, right there. That's greatly appreciated. Greatly appreciated. Everett Osborne <laughs> here on the Rich Eisen show. And so let's let's dive in a little bit to your 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 playing career. You said you played professionally in Australia. In
2: Australia, how'd you wind up there? Started off doing a mission trip in New Zealand. I had no okay. offers. So okay. just, to be honest, I averaged four points a game in college. Mm-hmm. So a Division One, you average four points a game, you're not good enough to go pro, no way, no how. Right. So I had to just dig, 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 woke up at 4.30 every morning, just believed, I just knew that basketball was for me, even if there was no proof. Mm-hmm. Um, lo and behold, stars aligned, I got offered to go on a mission trip with a team called Athletes in Action. Sure. We went to New Zealand for mm-hmm. two weeks. Mm -hmm. Killed over there. I mean, I put up 30 points playing against top competition over there. Really? Yeah, yeah. I went on a tear, right? So then after that, I heard nothing. And I ended up training for G League teams, got put in the draft. by the Cleveland um, Cavaliers G League team. Didn't get drafted. Had no agent at the time. And a week later, once I didn't get drafted, a coach from Australia called me and said, hey, I've been watching you for a year. And during that time in the summer in L.A., uh-huh. right, I was playing the Drew League. and I just got MVP of one of the games in the Drew League where a lot of NBA players played Sure, day. of course. we know. So I think the coach was just tracking me, following me for a whole year. So you never know who's watching you. And I was just stayed prepared, stayed ready, and I got the call. And I was ready, and I went to Australia because that was the only option I had. Australia wasn't a big league at that time like it is now. I mean, you got the M- mellow ball that came out of there. So for me during that time, it was just a risk, and it was all I had, and I went with it. And it worked out. And it's kind of interesting because watching that Sweetwater clip, I'm thinking about some similarities how Coach Lapchick comes to him Mm -hmm. and he's talking to him about the New York Knicks. And Sweetwater starts telling him, like, I know who's on your team. And that just shows you the preparation, the mind. He was ready for that next level even if he didn't know there was a possible way. He was still studying his mind. His spirit was still reaching for higher, not just wanting to have a goal, but actually preparing for that Mm -hmm. mentally. And he was able to step in that opportunity as it, well.
1: It is pretty neat. Uh, give me the name of somebody who's who's the best player you've been on the court with, then. In your
2: whether it's high school or collegiately, well, I Australia. wish I had a twin. I wish I had a twin. I'll say him. Um, nice, I like it. But uh, the best player I've been on the court with, I mean, I spend summers. Uh, I spent summers training with a lot of greats, man. I spent summers playing in um, you know Phoenix Suns. I've never said this, but. Go ahead. I, I did beat Seth Curry one on one. Where was have, this? And he's a great player. We you were said, training. You said, you said Seth, right? Seth. Yeah. Okay. Oh, okay. Seth. Okay. Um, be, be Seth one on one. He's a great guy. He's a player. Yeah. yeah. And I mean, the best player I've been on the court with, though, it's kind of tough to say. I mean, I've been with a lot of great players from the Drop a name. Go ahead. Drop a name. Uh,
1: Go for it. It's okay.
2: Let's see the best. Shout out to Devin Booker. I'll say Devin. He put up 70 plus. So. Uh, I, I play I played pickup with <laughs> yeah, him uh, yeah. and, and when I was training with the Phoenix Suns, so I say him. Okay, seventy you know in the nba not not uh, not against you on that no day. no okay. but that's why i'm going to say man, i mean cuz whoever i've been on the court with he's probably put up the most points okay so i would say devin and he's up and coming he's still going he's still young so right. I, shout, I shout out to devin
1: Baker. and so when you step on the court for the nba all-star celebrity game you must have been like i got this i mean come on dk Metcalf's going to step on my court i understand <laughs> he's an nfl you know pro bowl wide receiver yeah i mean get out of here right you had to you had to say you've got the game
2: you for know this event you know right? what's crazy about that is look at you by the way right there i like it. Oh, wow. That's beautiful. Actually, I think that one was, a, I don't know. Did that you wasn't know. the dunk. That wasn't the we dunk. We should have the one where we flush it, man, in the second half. That was so beautiful. Uh, okay. Ran next to Shaq, did the fist with the with the. Did with you the, really? With the muscle. I shook Jeremy Pittman's hand as if he was Coach, Coach Lapchick because he was right on the court. It was a beautiful moment. You couldn't make it. It was so much magic that happened, man. It was like epitome of how the film was just a lot of magic you couldn't make up. Seriously, it was just God moments. Um, But. Yeah, uh, the All Star game was beautiful. I mean, I ended up breaking a scoring record 23 points on MJ's birthday, 23 for 23. Oh. So I didn't really expect much but to have fun and play ball, but I knew that it was going to be competitive because yeah, there's Simulu right there. Shout out to him. That's who you're shooting over? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Simulu, yeah, he's a great guy. Yeah, he, well, uh, he's a great guy. He needs to close a little better, I think. <laughs> uh, a little bit. I mean, but he's doing his best. You see the full arm extension? He's doing his best. He did his best. Right, which I knew was going to happen. I knew there was a lot of great people there and everyone was going to compete. And they said that, you know, that was probably the most competitive game all All-Star weekend was that celebrity game. They said they've never seen a celebrity game that competitive ever. So well, I take pride in that. The actual too. All-Star
1: game wasn't competitive. So, you know, yeah. that's not a very high bar.
2: You know nah, what I mean? it wasn't. It so wasn't. was DK on your team? or is DK, he- I played against DK. Uh, but he was a great competitor. I mean, All-Star competition, right? And what's crazy is we played at the University of Utah. And that's where I played my first game in texas no way our first game was at the university of utah against the youths delon wright kyle kuzma and it was a full circle moment for me man so yeah, look
1: at you and then you're you're there and your movie's coming out yeah. two months later yeah. and can't make it up you Could cannot make it up yeah <laughs> so did you try to dunk on dk or like you you had to I, i'm already picking up from you here's what i'm picking up Everett. i'm picking up you've got a very confident <laughs> way about yourself and your ability certainly on a basketball court yeah. You well, had to go into this game thinking if DK is going to try and be outside the circle, I don't care, I'm going to go over him. You had to, you had to say that in your you're head. You're very right? smart, man. Thank you. <laughs> didn't, I, I appreciate I, that, that. Was a thought.
2: I'm not gonna lie. I thought that. I wanted that. Actually, I wanted to get a, a, a catch a body on somebody, yeah. but nah, uh, it didn't happen. But we still got a nice, you know, dunk, one dribble past three point line, nice flush. Okay, it was fun. Man, it was a great. Environment, great team. I mean, it was so beautiful to see the basketball world, the entertainment world combined. Yeah. The Sweetwater trailer released that day as That's well. Clear. Like the right. NBA has been a huge um partner with us with this film. And I think that just it's a testament to what's going on. I mean, this is a true authentic story. Like you said, it's been so long that we haven't heard about this story. So to have true sponsorship with the NBA and mm-hmm. them backing it is is a huge testament to okay, this is a true real story. And Sweetwater's family is involved as well. So his daughter, Jishon, J- J- excuse me, Jatan Robertson, mm-hmm. she was on set. She was there. She's been involved. Martine has done a, a really good job of pretty much tying on both ends of keeping this whole thing you know, pretty much consistent and authentic. That had to be some pressure, the kids on the set. Like, yeah, I mean, it, I mean, it kind of oh was, was, but it wasn't because, I mean, we were two weeks into filming already, and she shows up, and it was so beautiful seeing her face. Uh, she looks just like him. Mm-hmm. you know she's tall like very calm peaceful mm-hmm. graceful human being and she looked at me she's like wow you know you have my dad's spirit like and that was kind of crazy for me to hear during that moment but it was beautiful because that let us know we were on the right track that let us know that through all the 28 years of research that the script had it was supported it was true it was raw because mm-hmm. uh, even from her mouth she said this is something my dad would say this is how he would be and it was right on track so it w- it wasn't as much pressure uh, but it's actually a weight off my shoulders knowing that okay, if anyone I care about who cares about this performance it's them it's their family, and at yeah. least she's okay with
1: it well, and no so is there any pressure that's Richard Dreyfus for crying out loud sitting acting in scenes I mean my it's gosh. Richard Dreyfus that's it's, it it's, it's Kevin
2: Pollock it's Carrie. oh it's, it's yeah it's so many greats man look at them it's just it's so beautiful, but you know what's interesting is living in the world of Sweetwater he knew during that time those people were important. You know, so I didn't, I didn't, I never was in Everett world. It was always Sweetwater world and how can we make this world? What what value does this provide me? I wasn't looking at Richard Dreyfuss, Kerry. I was I was okay, this is Mr. Portoloff, mm-hmm. right? This is um, Ned Irish. So we just lived in that world. And the beautiful thing about those legends we just saw, they've been in this game for so long. Oh, yeah, But they showed up every day like it was their first and last day. I promise you, I'm not just saying that. Like every day, even Richard, he's like still see, figuring out how to make each scene the best. What can we bring? it just not stopping as far as reaching that level of excellence and just being present and uh, just awesome people awesome servants to this industry and i'm grateful
1: well i appreciate you letting me into everett world yeah uh, for a few minutes here sure. and uh, you come back anytime
2: thank you man it's you come incredible. back
1: anytime congratulations on this i appreciate so it so are you a laker or a clipper what are you well clippers just won. Oh, Are you yeah. trying to set me up? Oh no, I'm just. This not no. a setup. I no, mean, you're no. you're from the
2: Palisades, so well, I figure you're
1: a Laker fan. Uh, to
2: be specific, Robertson Boulevard, Robertson Park, is where I grew up. It's <laughs> the age of four. To be specific, See, if I we don't know. one more time. I, boy, you got sharp elbows in the paint. Okay, very good. <laughs> no, no, but uh, I grew up. I grew up watching the Lakers. Uh, the late great Kobe Bryant. I, I saw him do three Pete with Shaq. So I'm a Laker fan because I saw okay. what Kobe did. I love LeBron as well. But, man, I love how Russell Westbrook plays. He's from L.A. Uh, mm-hmm. Hard work is my guy. Norman Powell plays for them as well. Kawhi uh-huh. Leonard. I mean, Paul George, I've worked out with him in Santa Monica Stairs before. So, I mean, I'm connected to L.A. I'm born and raised in L.A. Uh, and it's beautiful just to be here during this time. is at an all-time high. And I'm happy to be in the middle of it. Well, congrats on being
1: uh, in the middle of it through a terrific film, Sweetwater, yeah. about Nat, Sweetwater, Clifton, available in theaters Friday. That's next week, April 14th the man who plays Sweetwater, Everett Osborne. Pleasure meeting you. Come back anytime you like. Rich, I will, man. It's been an honor. Thank you. Thank you for saying that. Greatly appreciate it. Uh, That's uh, not Palisades' own, (laughs) along with Staten Island's own here on The Rich Eisen Show. Everybody check out Everett Osborne out at Everett Osborne on both Twitter and Instagram as well. Back to wrap up the show in a sec. Back here on the Rich Eisen Show, Everett Osborne leaving the set right now. I love that. You just said goodbye, TJ. Tonight at Passover, we call that a Jewish goodbye. <laughs> in Staten Island in New York City. So <laughs> we call it.
0: Ish. I mean adjacent. New York adjacent. You were the Jason. That's he didn't like mean. it
1: when I'm like, oh, you're from the Palisades. <laughs> See?
0: New York adjacent.
1: You know? Two can play at that game. New Jersey. Very funny. New Jersey. Sit at the Rich Eisen Show desk, furnished by Granger with supplies and solutions for every industry. Granger is the right product for you. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Wait, did he say he worked out with Paul George? Is that what he? Yeah. So he helped him manage the load? Is that what he was doing? Whoa, easy now. (laughs) Paul
0: George is injured right now.
1: Before he got injured. (laughs) Before he got injured.
0: (laughs) Okay.
2: Man, kick a
1: man when he's down. I'm not kicking him. I'm not kicking him. How am I kicking him? Because you just did. He was a load managed player. You want to talk about? You know, you, remember should when we he snapped his neck his leg in two? All right. Sometimes you, you, know you got to manage do, these things. You know what the NBA should do? They should come up with the all NBA load managed team. Kawhi's on it. Who else is on it? <laughs> Who's a, I, I, Tim, don't, I don't know. No, who, 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 uh, is the, who is the most? Lo- you, you can look it up. I'm sure this stuff can be looked up. Like, who did not play back-to-backs all year long because of injury management? This season? Of an injury that they did not have. Like, I could get it. Like, 20 games, uh, um, Anthony Davis misses. He hadn't played back-to-back since November. And last night was his first back-to-back he'd played since November. The guy had 20 games he missed with a foot injury. And he even said after the game, I'm all right, but I felt better. Like, I get it. I'm talking about injuries that were suffered, not this season. Whoever didn't play back to backs, let's get the best player. And we—I bet you—we could fill out a center, two forwards, and two guards for first NBA first team load managed. Kawhi's on it. Kawhi's on that team. I Who else is? This, I
2: don't see this stat anywhere yet. <laughs>
1: not a real stat. It's not a real stat. It's not a real stat. You know why? Because no one's going to keep it. Yeah, don't <laughs> no one's going to keep it
3: Again, and, and, and,
1: and, and whoever's the best player gets a trophy named after whichever health analytics assistant came up with the idea of like let's start resting people by coming up with a plan in August that we're going to stick to all the way through to March and April leave players looking like they don't want to play basketball Who's with me? I think this is just Nobody your hill to die on, me. man. I think it's not with me. This is just first your team, this is your hill to die team, on. First team, all NBA load managed. Let's do it. I I can't even find the load management stats though. And the fans who vote for, on the players, it's a fan vote, and only fans who paid for tickets <laughs> and didn't see these players because they were being load managed are allowed to vote. What do you think? <laughs> I think it's a great
0: idea. Sound like a scarred man. Mm-hmm.
1: I found like what? A scarred, scarred man. man. I am a scarred man. Scarred
0: man.
1: I'm also a bored man waiting for Aaron Rodgers to become a jet. Monster.com can help you slam dunk your job hunt and make your best career move. Sink that putt. And the putt being your job hunt. Guess what you need to do is take your resume, go to monster.com and upload it to monster.com and watch. The millions of job openings and great coaching and career advice for a strong performance when it counts start counting for you. When you upload your resume to Monster.com, you can already be recruited by employers before they even post their jobs. So you don't even know you're being recruited as soon as you put your resume on Monster.com. And Monster.com knows how to match you with the best job fits. And when you score the position, there's a salary calculator that ensures that you're paid what you're worth. Just go to Monster.com. Take your resume, upload it, and win your job hunt. Today, monster.com. I need birds. I need music. The music, are we going to come up with a different tune for tomorrow? Have yes. you rejected yeah, this? What, gonna... You
3: guys can find it. <laughs> I what do you tried, mean? It's your job. Because I tried with Hoskins, and we looked through. I've typed in golf music. It's like, would it give me like some type of guidance,
0: and I will look. Slow piano. Slow piano. I looked at that. No, you, did didn't. That. no you didn't. Hoskins. Adult, rich, Show easier. me the search history.
3: I can't. I'm Hoskins the- is, is so agreeing it.
1: that he did look for I did. it. I,
3: can't, we I deleted it. This. Sure. Okay, this is what. No, it goes away as soon as you close that. All the right. App. So then, forget
1: the music, because it, it, it upsets Chris, and I need him focused on the update. Okay. <laughs> um, Just
0: the birds. You get the birds.
1: So I love, I love Shane Lowry is your leader in the clubhouse at four under, from what I could see.
0: Yes, yeah, so but Shane there's three was, on the course that, six, better, yeah. that have better that uh, have better better marks. Correct, Rich, former champ Adam Scott eagled. Yeah, thirteen. He's at five under. Okay, Andrew Shoffley's on fire. He's five under. Oh, it's Scott Van Pelt's pick. Chasing Victor Hovland, who's <laughs> Victor seven Havland. under through sixteen. John Rahm. Just added to the group at 5-under with a birdie on 15 okay. as well. Shane Lowry, Brooks Kepka. Sam Burns started birdie eagle. He's 4-under through 4. Look at
1: that. Do you imagine you're playing in the Masters? You walk into the fifth hole and you're already 4-under. I couldn't imagine what that would feel like.
0: He won the match play two weeks ago. Keep an eye out for Sam Burns. Chris Kirk, three under. Cam Young, another Cam guy Young. that,
1: that uh, Van Pelt highlighted.
0: Started out hot, as I said earlier. Birdie's on the first three holes. He's three under through 14. The amateur, Sam Bennett, okay, also started Birdie Eagle. In the history of the Masters, no one's ever started the tournament. Birdie Eagle, two guys did it. Sam nobody's Bennett, ever started. Sam the, Burns.
1: Nobody's ever strolled to the third tee. Three under. Three under in the history of the in Masters. In the history of the
0: Masters, it's happened twice today.
1: And one of them's an amateur.
0: One of them an amateur, Sam Bennett. He's three under through four.
1: It's tough to call him an amateur. I know they're not getting paid, but there's no name, image, and likeness deal in golf?
0: <laughs> uh, he probably has a name. That's so what image, I'm saying, So He's dealing, an amateur, yeah. <laughs> but we're still going
1: to call him an amateur?
0: <laughs> he won last year's USM at Ridgewood Country Club in New Jersey. Ridgewood? Now,
1: well, it looks like Ridgewood. Adam Ridgewood. Scott has taken that... Uh, Chocolate chip cookie skillet that he got the other night. He wants another jacket. Right. Probably let out the jacket that chocolate chip cookie skillet.
0: I don't think so. Have you seen Adam Scott? I have seen him. Here. I play,
1: Dude, I, as you know, I played at uh, the uh,
0: very the Genesis guy. with him. Yeah, very true.
1: <laughs> he played his college golf in Las Vegas, Nevada. UNLV's finest. Adam Scott.
0: I can only imagine how he did on the weekends, TJ. Hmm. <laughs> I I think he made the the cut. Oh, he made the cut. What are you talking about?
1: If that's what you're referring to. I don't think he made the cut. That's what I'm referring to. (laughs) That's not where my head went. Jason Kelsey's going to be saying goodbye to him at this point tomorrow after Uh, a full hour in studio. You know who's also on tomorrow's show? Joey Porter Jr. is on tomorrow's program. You know who's also on tomorrow's program? Russell Crowe. Oh, yeah. That's how we're rolling into Ah. the weekend. Yeah. And us. In the movie, I have no intention of watching. I'm sorry. I can't. Which is what? Uh, Russell the Pope's Crow's, Exorcist? Ooh. I saw the trailer. I'm going to have to sit this
2: one. I said
0: not
1: have to <laughs> not happy. hello. Because to- <laughs> the Pope does apparently have a real exorcist. Bro, this looks scary. And in this film, it's Russell Crowe. We're back to wrap the show in a sec. <laughs>